I teach people that you can scrimp and worry about every single penny, or you can think prosperous thoughts. With no prior knowledge, I went out and began to develop a product. There were a lot of people driving, and we thought, why are they not using like a bus option as we do in Argentina? I'm Richard Gerhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhart. You just heard some snippets from our show. It was a really great one, so stay tuned. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, an intellectual property attorney specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not an attorney, but I work at Gearhart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startup. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the road to entrepreneurship, the show that's all about small businesses, entrepreneurism, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. We have Joel Solomon, prosperity coach and founder of Salamore. He's going to be talking with us about how to get more prosperity. And then we have Sean Watts with CoreFix, who has made a project management system for construction, which is sorely needed. And he says he has some competitors, but his is much better. So find out why. And then Florencia Srigliano, Red Coach, who has taken transportation in coaches and made it into a luxury experience. But she's only in a couple of places. But if you're there and you need to take somebody to a wedding or something, perfect solution. But before we get to our distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. And if you haven't heard the news yet, Mickey Mouse is going off copyright. Not all the Mickey Mouses. They've changed Mickey Mouse a lot over the year, but the first Mickey Mouse is going off copyright in 2024. That copyright lasted 95 years, right? That was 1928 when they made a cartoon called Steamboat Willie that had this little mouse character called Mickey Mouse. It would have lasted longer if they'd known who created it, but apparently that wasn't recorded because a copyright will last 95 years or 70 years after the death of whoever produced that content. But can everybody use that original Mickey Mouse now? Like, can I make t-shirts and sell them with that original Mickey Mouse on it now? Well, in theory, you could. And there are things that Disney is trying to do to sort of retain control over the original Mickey Mouse character. They're trying to perhaps file a trademark on it, which is a bit of a stretch. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it or not. Disney in the past has almost gotten special conditions for a lot of things because they're such an important institution in the United States. But it seems like eventually they are going to lose protection for the mouse. Anyway, it's time for Richard's Roundtable. I would like to hear from our guests. Joel, welcome to the show. Your opinion on this dramatic and important development in the world of copyright. For me, it sounds like it's a very minor issue. If it's just the original Steamboat Mickey, to me, it's a big to do about nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I even ever saw the Steamboat Mickey. I think it was more like a stick figure kind of thing. Well, it's getting a lot of publicity in the media. I guess there are a lot of people who are terrified. No, I think Disney's paying people to talk about it. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity. Any publicity is good publicity. Sean, welcome to the show. What do you think about this development? I think that all things have a life cycle. And I think that, you know, 95 years is quite a bit of time. So I think that there's um, obviously an opportunity to sort of release that and give other people opportunity to use it. You know, my question would be around the different variations of Mickey Mouse, right? Like at which point, like that one there, the original one that we no longer even recognize today as expired, but you know, are all the other variations where they patented under the same sort of umbrella and are those expiring just at a later date? Like, what is the state of those? Now, that's a really great question. Disney has changed Mickey Mouse over the years multiple times. And so each one of those individual creations is entitled to its own copyright. And so those copyrights will remain in force and in effect until either their 70-year term or their 95-year term expires. So Disney still has plenty of copyright protection around the mouse, for sure. Florencia, what are your thoughts about this? I kind of agree with what both of them just said, because I feel like the Mickey Mouse that is going to inspire won't be very recognizable for like my kids. If I put the Mickey Mouse that we have today and the Mickey Mouse back then, they wouldn't get excited for that one. So I don't think it's going to really affect Disney Corporation. And if, as you mentioned, it's not part of the umbrella, 
it's very individual, they can rebrand Mickey for the amount of time they need. So this won't affect them eventually. That's a good point. Like they could change it a little bit, get a new copyright. Then that lasts the length of the time of the person who did it plus 70 years. So they could just in perpetuity. Another part of this is once the original Mickey does go off copyright, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are using it on t-shirts and other places. So I think it's going to kind of almost create a revival of Mickey Mouse if a lot of people try to use the older version. And that could really help the brand, you're right. Kenya? Well, I just want to go on record and say I was the original creator of the original Mickey Mouse. I'm joking. In 1928. (laughs) If no one's here to take credit, I'll take credit. (laughs) But all jokes aside, you know, I agree with you, Richard, in terms of the repurposing or reuse of the image. I mean, you think of Disney and there's certain like characters that create this nostalgia and these memories for people. And I could totally see Disney or somebody coming along and creating like this whole vintage line of use for this character. So I would see why they would be concerned. That would be my first thought is how cool can we make this new vintage line of this old school Mickey? This is hot property, folks. Yes. So I am excited to hear from our guests. I am too. We have Joel Solomon, prosperity coach and founder of Salamore. So tell us about how to get more prosperity. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. And when people ask me first about what I'm most proud of, I'll say my daughters, Lauren and Morgan, and that's who my company was named after. So Lore for Lauren, Moore for Morgan, an essay for the first two letters of my last name. So Salamore. So how do you get more prosperity into your life? Many different ways. I can give you a hundred, but maybe we'll start with one or two. The first is your mindset. So I teach people how to change your mindset about money from how I grew up, at least. We can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. That's too expensive. You may have heard that growing up too. Yeah, I did. Quite a bit. Quite yes, a bit. We had no money growing up. My mother would go to the grocery store with a list and she would never come back with everything on the list. Well, if you looked at the amount of income my parents made, we were upper middle class. And yet we lived the same way you guys lived. We lived in this poverty conscious way of living. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about travel because it's a huge passion of mine. And I've traveled to all 50 states and over 50 countries and six continents. But growing up, despite that upper income compensation, the big trips we took were to New Jersey from New York to Wildwood. <laughs> what a thrill. Jersey. Nice drives, beautiful. And, you know, we didn't know any different as kids growing up. We thought that was, you know, an awesome beach vacation to go to the Jersey beaches, but that was our vacations. And so I teach people that you can live your life in poverty conscious all day long, and you can scrimp and worry about every single penny, or you can think prosperous thoughts and you can act as if what you want to happen has already happened. I teach acting as if. How can you act as if, say you want to go to Egypt, which I did for the last five years. You so walk like an I... Egyptian. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was uh, an Egyptian in a prior life. Oh, okay. Anyway. I was too. I was too. We have to you talk about that sometime. That. Yes. Oh, I'll, I had this dream. We'll, we'll talk again, Joe. We will. Okay. But you can do this with any travel, with anything in your life. So what did I do? I put together a vision board a board with pictures of the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Sphinx, and other pictures of Egypt. I put that on my screensaver. So whenever I wasn't working on the computer, that was in the background. And other things I did, I actually checked out the prices of flights. I checked out what the frequent flyer miles I needed to get to Egypt if I wanted to go business class for free. I checked out the hotels. I checked out the tours. So I was acting as if I was there. And I talked to people about it all the time. In fact, usually the background on Zoom was the Great Pyramid of Giza or the Sphinx whenever I recorded a video for many months. And in November of 2019, a woman I met told me she was going to Egypt in January of 2020. I'm like, oh my God, you're living my dream. And then she told me who she was going with. And she told me, she'd tell me all about it when she got back. She did. And in January of 2022, I went to Egypt. And congratulations on that. That really is, I think, a great way to focus your energy on things that you want. And I like the idea of a visioning board. What are some of the other techniques that you teach people for prosperity? Besides acting as if affirmations, 
there are proper ways to do affirmations and improper ways. You can say, I am a money magnet in your head. Not very helpful. You could say it just as I said it, monotone, without any emotion. Or you could say, I, Joel Solomon, am a money magnet with emotion (laughs) out loud. That sounds like a Tony Robbins technique, Mm. yelling and screaming. I think that's great. Well, just put some energy into it. Put some intensity. Vibration and frequency is important. The other two things that were really important with affirmations, and you're not going to hear this anywhere, is do you believe it? Right. Right. So if you say, I am a money magnet, and then you have your ego saying that's BS, I just Mm. lost $10,000 last week in that stock investment, then don't say it. If on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is absolute faith and knowing and one is massive doubt, and let's talk about your business. If you have a dream for your business to generate a million dollars in annual after-tax earnings each year, and you use that as an affirmation, but every time you say it, your ego is saying, there's no way that's happening. I haven't even got to 100,000. Well, mm-hmm. start with the level that you absolutely believe in. And then once you get there, you can level up to the next level to 250 or 500 and then to a million. So one is belief and two is desire. Do you have a strong desire to generate at least a million dollars in earnings for your business? Or is it like, yeah, that'd be fine. I guess so. What's your level of desire from one to 10? Do you have a burning desire or it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Go for things in your life that you believe in seven, eight, nine, or 10 on the one to 10 belief scale and desire seven, eight, nine, or 10 on the desire scale. And I tell people to write down dreams and desires first, do an exercise and spend five or 10 minutes writing down everything you want in your life. And then cross off all the ones that you don't have a belief of seven, eight, nine, or 10 or desire seven, eight, nine, 10, because it's not happening. Kenya, do you have any questions or comments for Joel? Can you give us the definition of prosperity? Because I think sometimes we think it's just about money and I don't think we spend enough time with the other things. I wanted to get your perspective. there. Yeah, no, prosperity and abundance can be for having a lot of something and it's not necessarily money. It could be health. I mean, there's a huge amount of like we take for granted in our lives, the abundance that are all around us in nature. And yet there's so much abundance here and people will generally focus on the negative. We're programmed all day long to focus on the negative. So what about focusing on the prosperity and abundance all around you? Yeah, I remember once my sister said she was doing the secret and the law of attraction and everything. And she said, just think about it. Look at how much grass there is. <laughs> There's grass <laughs> everywhere. Like there is abundance there. You just have to figure out how to tap into it. And as you said, tap into what you really need in your life. That's yeah. one of the things you teach. So maybe we have enough money. Well, nobody ever has enough money. I don't know. Maybe Bill Gates does. So maybe what we really need is something else like free time or vacations or something. That's more abundance thing for us right now, I think. So we're talking about mindset a lot, but I don't want to avoid the point about taking action. So I want to give a quick story about when I started my hedge fund. I was managing $700 million. I was laid off and then I started my own hedge fund. And I went around to different insurance companies, different investors to raise the money. And I was all set. Two companies had orally agreed to give me money. And then I moved into my office space on 54th and Madison Avenue. I felt like I'd arrived, you know, looking out on Madison Avenue with this beautiful office and enough room for eight people. I called up the investors and both of them backed out. They had orally agreed, but nothing in writing. So I could have given up. But I acted as if we already had the money. I still hired the analysts that I was going to hire. I started meeting with my analyst every morning at 8.30, talking about stocks. And I did something even more crazy. I put together a spreadsheet of all the stocks that we were invested in, quote unquote, and the stocks that we were going to go up, we were betting that we're going to go up, the other stocks that we were betting that were going to go down. And I calculated the amount of money we made each day as if we were invested and then screamed at my analysts if we were losing money. Sean, what did we do? We got to do better tomorrow. Or Sean, great day. Keep it up. Now, I didn't just do that. I did take a lot of action. But three weeks later, after calling a number of different companies, I got a meeting with a great investor. Six weeks after that, we had the money in the accounts ready to invest. And I tell you, by acting as if we had the money, we got the money, but also by taking action. So it wasn't just sitting home and visualizing and acting as if, but I did bang the phones every single day and talk to everybody I knew, telling them my story and telling them that this was my dream and how could you help me? 
Well, that's great, Joel. We love that story. It's very inspiring. And I really like the way that you took action and acted as if. I think that definitely played a role in your success. We have to take a break now for a commercial, but we'll be right back with more Passage to Profit after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together we can change the world. Visit g e a r h a r t l a w.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest today, Joel Solomon, who is a master prosperity coach. We've been talking to him about some of the steps you can take to change your mindset and bring more prosperity in whatever area of your life you need it in. But I wanted to talk to Joel because when I talked to him previously, he had told me about this major transformation he did on himself. And I thought it was pretty amazing. He could not stand up and speak in front of people a few years ago. And now he's just giving presentations all over the place. And he's really good. He's not reading from a script. He's just talking. And so tell us how you did that, Joel. Six years ago, my biggest fear in life was public speaking. If you ask me to speak in front of more than two people, I'd say, just kill me because there's no way I want to do that. And it stemmed from sixth grade, being on stage at Unqua Elementary School in Massapequa, Long Island. Yes, it was my sixth grade play. And when it came time for me to say my lines, I froze for what seemed like 30 minutes to me. Finally, they skipped over me. Thank God. And no one remembered those 20 seconds except for me for the next 40 (laughs) years. So yeah, what's your biggest fear? So my biggest fear was public speaking and what I do to overcome it. I was writing a book and I realized that I probably was going to do stuff like this, be on a radio show, be on a podcast and get interviewed. And I didn't want to do that. And I, I knew I had to overcome the fear. So I joined Toastmasters. Some of you may know Toastmasters. It's a very supportive place where you can give a speech and get feedback and improve quickly. So I joined Toastmasters in January 2017. And I remember giving my first speech as I had done my whole career as a hedge fund manager and as a credit analyst and equity analyst, I got my piece of paper and I read what I was going to say. And the critique at the end was, Joel, at Toastmasters, we don't use note cards. I was like, what? That's how you give a speech. You read from a note card. So they said, no, try next time. So I had a, the, the immediate urgency with Toastmasters was I had my daughter's bat mitzvah coming up on March 4th of 2017, and I didn't want to read from note cards. So I practiced that speech a hundred times in my house and three times at Toastmasters and got a lot of great feedback. And one of my biggest proud moments in my life is March 4, 2017, when I was able to speak at my daughter's bat mitzvah for 17 minutes in front of 200 people without note cards. Congratulations on that. A lot of people have that same fear and some never overcome it. And as an entrepreneur in today's world, you better be able to put yourself out there so they can follow your example. The biggest lessons I learned was it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It only matters what you think. And so stop caring so much. You're talking to the person who is out there who you can help. And there's almost always one person in the crowd that you can help. So focus on that person as opposed to yourself. Well, the other part of it, too, is if you say something stupid, which we never do on this show. (laughs) Right. I don't say anything stupid. (laughs) You never make a mistake. Most people don't even remember it. Right. I mean, I can't remember even the TV show I saw last night. But I had a similar experience, Joel, when I was in eighth grade. I played this trumpet solo in front of the school and 
I dropped one note. I played something by George Harrison, you know, something in the way. The whole song went right, but I played one wrong note. And that stuck with me for years and years and years. And by any stretch of the imagination, nobody probably even noticed, but I remembered it. And so congratulations on overcoming your, your fears. The biggest lesson I think is to step into the fear. What is your biggest fear and step into it? You know, if you have a big fear of poverty, step into it, recognize it and take some actions to overcome it as opposed to just have it overcome you. And Joel, people don't have to do this on their own because you have a group, right? And people can subscribe to join your group. And you were telling me about it. It sounds really great. Can you explain that? It's called the Money Miracles Membership. And the idea is to take people from wherever they are right now towards financial freedom as quickly as possible. It's really mostly for struggling entrepreneurs who are not making what I believe they should be making. I believe everyone has a purpose and they should be doing that purpose and thriving, not surviving. So it's a six month membership and we go through my second book, The Nine Money Rules Millionaires Use. So we go through each of the nine rules with the exercises. We go through eight specific manifestation techniques. I have every single course that I've created over the last six years in the membership. So there's Get Comfortable Investing in Stocks 101. There's Get Comfortable Investing in Real Estate 101. There's Successfully Planning and Expanding Your Business. And then we've had, I've added guest experts this year, which I'm most proud of. So I talk to people, I say, hey, I have this membership. You know, it's all about money and manifesting and mindset. And they're like, oh, I'm a business lender. Could I talk to your entrepreneurs about, you know, how they can tap into the equity in the business? Absolutely. So we have guest experts as well that have added content over the last six months. I included the whole Infinite Possibilities course with other guest experts. I think it's really powerful. It's only $59 a month, the base price. I just want to help more people become financially free as quickly as possible. I know the biggest thing holding them back is them. Kenya, do you have something? Yeah, I just wanted to go back to a point you made about the ego earlier on in the conversation, because I felt that it was really resonating with me. What are some ways that you can reprogram the ego to prevent you from blocking yourself? Are you ready? Stop, cancel, clear, get the F out of here. <laughs> I like it. And, and you know what F stands for, right? F stands for fear. Mm-hmm. So whenever the ego is talking to you, use that. It's powerful. It's a powerful reframe. Andy Dooley taught it to me. It works. And you got the ego talking to you all day long. Yeah. Well, I think self-talk, how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself is important. And I have to admit earlier in my life, I was very critical of myself. If I made a mistake, I would get down on myself. Over time, I've learned that really just being nice to yourself, like you would be nice to a friend, is really half the battle. I ask myself, or I'll ask Elizabeth, you know, and she'll say, well, if you were somebody else, how would you respond to what just happened? And I would say, well, I would say it's not that big a deal. I would say it's not the end of the world and we all make mistakes or whatever and forgive myself for those kinds of things. I think that's really important. We're our biggest critic. You know, we take the place of our parents at some point in our lives, right? And our (laughs) our parents tend to be critical, at least mine were. And then we take their places and we're being very self-critical. So yeah, it's a great lesson to think about if you were your best friend, how would you talk to you? And what's so amazing is that everybody I've ever met, once I've gotten to know them, has stories where things have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. or they didn't have the best environment. We were out with some friends this weekend, and I always thought that these were like sort of like perfect people, but they told us some stories about some things that had happened to them. And I was like, really? That happened to you? Wow, that's amazing because you wouldn't have expected that. And here I thought that these people really just had it made. And it's just like every time I get to know somebody at a deeper level, it turns out that they face challenges, sometimes amazing challenges. I think everyone has a journey that they're on and no one goes right to massive success. There are opportunities to learn along the way. And that's how they get to where they are. So Richard, 
he's gotten better, but he used to like to really beat himself up over mistakes that people made in the law firm. And we saw Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins said, I basically own companies worth $6 billion and I have all these employees. I can guarantee you as I stand up on this stage talking to you right now, that at least one of those employees is making a mistake. (laughs) 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 And, And as you grow your company and even your own mistakes, I mean, just people make mistakes. We're human, right? Yeah. We have to end our discussion here, unfortunately, and take another commercial break, but we'll be back with more Passage to Profit and Joel Solomon right after this. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. That was really fascinating discussion. And I really enjoyed kind of going deep, talking about the influence of your own thinking and the outcomes in your life. Right. And for Passage to Profit, which is about entrepreneurship, this is one of the most important things entrepreneurs can do for themselves. Kenya, it's time for Power Move. Well, speaking of entrepreneurs, we're going to talk about Kanye West on Power Move. Kanye is stepping it all the way up with his Yeezy brand. And he just partnered with his legal team to file a trademark for Yeezy S-P-L-Y. I think it means like Yeezy Supply for retail stores. So he basically is going to take what he's been doing in the fashion space and open up some brick and mortar stores, making his brand even bigger and better. So I wanted to give him power move for that today because I feel like he's a creative genius and he just keeps finding ways to level up his brand and expand and take things to the next level. Yeah, I think it's interesting how many people are going back to brick and mortar now. Yeah, it's after being isolated for a long time, people want to get out and they want to see and touch the things that they're buying. And so, grab some Yeezys while they're at it, I guess. Right? I guess so. <laughs> exactly. Time for Fireside. Elizabeth, tell us about Fireside. So I'm not sure I can keep the name. We're going to try to fight for the trademark for that. I've been thinking of other names, but what was exciting was I paid a website developer for discovery. So what discovery is, is we're planning out how the whole site's going to look and how the whole site's going to work. And so we had a meeting yesterday. We didn't get as far as we wanted because there were some changes. I thought we had discussed them and maybe we did, but we interpreted things differently. So anyway, we're making sure that we're both in total agreement on what this site should do and how each page and each functionality should work. And if you're doing a website with somebody, this discovery process is really important because, you know, we've tried doing different websites for Gearheart Law. And I mean, this guy had everything written out. He had it flow charted. He had it in a program that does what they call wireframes, which is basically the outline of your website. So this is a step that you really have to take. You cannot skip this step. And I'm finding out exactly how valuable it is. And we kind of did it with our other website people, but we trusted them more. But like, I am so involved in this website because nobody else knows how to do it except me. So anyway, I found it extremely useful. So when you do your website, if you can see the wireframe that your developer has put together and make comments on it, you really should do that. Great advice. So now we are on to our first presenter. Sean Watts has Core Fix, and I'm going to let him explain it. Welcome, Sean. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am the founder and CEO at Core Fix, and we help construction companies streamline their job site documents. So a little bit about my background, sort of how we got here. So we are a tech startup. You know, I couldn't wait to get out of high school and start working. Didn't love school. So the first job I took was actually selling software. I went to work in a, you know, fancy shirt and tie every day, but ultimately I made no money and I was grinding it out and it was, it was tough. And 
after a year I had a, you know, I was in my young twenties and I had a friend say, Hey, do you want to work with me in construction? I'll pay you 45 bucks an hour. I said, sure. Like, I don't care, you know, what you're doing, let's do it. So, you know, I showed up there for a summer job and that turned into a 10 year career as a, a unionized iron worker. You know, I started off at the very, very bottom and sort of looked at these um, young men who were leading these massive commercial scale projects. And I was like, you know, how do they do that? How do I get there? Right. Um, before long, sort of super eager to learn, I became that person, was running a lot of the large scale projects in my city, and then sort of hit this ceiling in the unionized environment of like, okay, I'm no longer stimulated. The guy next to me makes the same amount as me and he's doing half the work. And it's just like, okay, now what? So the pivot for me was fairly natural because it hit me in the face. So while working as a construction worker managing, you know, these large scale projects, I was being forced to document ferociously during the day. So generally speaking, these were safety and compliance documents. So I saw a large shift in the industry, how regulations were being forced. And ultimately I was now back in school in a site trailer documenting all day. And I was like, what, this is, this is not what I signed up for. So I had identified several sort of inefficiencies as it came to paperwork and sort of administrative work in the construction sector in general. And with no prior knowledge to sort of how to do that, I went out and began to develop a product. So find people that, you know, could help us develop this product eventually go to market. You know, I can resonate a lot with the things that Joel was saying. I'm very much fake it till you make it. I believed in where I am now before anybody else did. Everybody else thought I was crazy. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't know if I'm crazy, but I'll just get up and keep doing it. Right. You know, that journey was interesting. You know, every day I'd go to work in parallel until I had a business, would work on my job and work on this second business on the side, building a software product very naively. I thought I'd take 30 grand, three months and build some product to change the world. You know, 30 grand is a conversation with the company to sort of start planning things, right? So, you know, we spent about two years in development, developing our product, a lot of sort of hiccups along the way. You know, all of the challenges we went through were super helpful and again, to Joel's point, a learning experience. The first company that was developing our product um, really fell short on us. They had promised us a delivery date where we could go back to our clients and they couldn't make that date and we had a whole bunch of clients fall off. So ultimately I was forced to fire them and got introduced to the person we ended up hiring internally, who's now our CTO. So I look at things like that. If we wouldn't have had that terrible experience, I would have never met this other individual who ended up changing the game for our company. So Fast forward to where we are today. We have 22 full-time employees. We're selling to construction companies all over Canada and the US. We're actively in the investment community, pitching for investments, creating new partnerships and growing our company every single day. What a fantastic story. What have been some of your challenges? We were basically a family, right? We all did multiple things, wore multiple hats. As we hired more people, that was no longer scalable, right? The CEO couldn't be doing these support calls. It's just not scalable for us to keep going. So sort of restructuring on the fly, you know, you're doubling your employee count month over month almost, and your processes break. What worked for a four-person company no longer works for an eight-person company. So constantly staying ahead of that and being nimble were some of the big challenges we had in the beginning. And, you know, truthfully, now the economy, we were in a very, very good position in the VC market, raising funds. And we basically had to pull out of that because overnight our valuation dropped, not because of anything our company was doing, but because of the markets. Sean, are you based in Canada or the U.S. or both? We're based in Canada, but we're, you know, very active in the U.S. as well. So is the Canadian economy having difficulty as well as the U.S.? For sure. I, I think, you know, the investment market market in general is very, very tight right now. We're coming off of the probably the frothiest investment markets ever. Companies were getting ridiculous valuations pre-money. Um, it was not sustainable, like that market sort of burst. And the parameters to investments that the, you know, these institutional firms look at, like those lines shrink to this. So you really got to check every box. And we chose to, like, we could have raised money, but not at a valuation we would have been comfortable at. So we decided to make further sacrifices, continue to self-fund until the markets get better. And honestly, in this game, it's very, very, very expensive. Joel, you've got to have something to say about this. Obviously, raising money privately is dependent indirectly on the public markets and stock markets down, at least here in the U.S., 
20% this year before yesterday. You know, we're in a bear market and things have been very difficult for public companies. And that usually translates into difficult capital raising for private companies, private equity, VC as well. So yeah, that's um, completely understandable. I think probably one of the biggest benefits, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, Sean, is when you're raising money, the VC investor wants to see the numbers, right? They want to see a plan. They want to see, you know, your business plan. I think looking at different scenarios, looking at the numbers is benefiting you most likely in better understanding your business. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's just, you know, our numbers are great, but those, you know, all these institutional investors sort of have this box that you need to fit in, you know, and you can be investable for this firm, but you know, this firm doesn't invest in prop tech, for example. So this, those lines have just squeezed down to very, very minimal. An investor told me the other day, frankly, Sean, I'm not looking to uh, add more chickens to my coop. I'm looking to keep my current chickens warm, right? So these guys are, are bleeding in 50 different silos, right? If you and I are losing on our investments, the investors are losing everywhere. So they also use it as a fear tactic to drive down and beat down your valuation. And we're standing tough and we're like, no, you know, we're not going to accept that kind of deal. And we'll just keep pushing forward because at the end of the day, it really comes down to revenue. Our revenue is great. We will have investment opportunities. So we're just going to wait till the markets get a little bit better. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Sean. So where are you right now? Do you have a lot of customers using your software? Are you selling it licenses to people to use it? Where's your company right now in terms of sure, Yeah, so we're doing very well. So we have 130 construction companies under annual contracts with us today. So we manage a critical part of their business so they can focus on what they do and that's building. These construction companies, they're not equipped to handle this kind of workload. The owners and the top managers at these construction companies were simply the best workers who have sort of graduated through the company and not necessarily great people, hardworking people, but not necessarily the administrative skills to manage critical documentations, pass audits and so forth. So we're seeing a little bit of change in the guard that it's construction companies are now hiring business people, accountants to sort mm -hmm. of be the general managers of these construction companies. But um, yeah, we're getting a lot, a lot of traction and we're trying to continue that today. So is your business then dependent on the amount of construction? Is it closely connected to that? Yeah. So, I mean, the VCs uh, always like to chastise me when I use the words recession proof, but we're about as close to as recession proof as possible. Who buys our product is the construction company who then licenses down to their workers. You know, we saw it in COVID, everything, the world stopped, but construction kept going, right? Bottom line, there's so much money in, in construction. It keeps going. That's not slowing down. So our product that we're selling is as close to recession proof as possible. So how do you sell it? Do you go to trade shows where these construction companies are there or do you approach each one separately? A mix of both. We do do trade shows, but typically we actively reach out. We have a cold calling department, if you will, who will reach out to these companies who we know and we've identified have a need for our product. And then we sort of, you know, give them the value proposition over the phone. Then we're able to book a Zoom demo uh, with them, tear them through the product. They sign up, we give them a login, and there you go. So it's a really good scalable business, obviously. And that's mm -hmm. why software as a service is so attractive. You know, I can call in Australia, give a presentation, 30-minute presentation. They can give me their credit card number, and we can turn them on and manage them from here. All right. Well, that's great. So, Sean, it sounds like your company is just really doing well. We obviously wish you all the success. Where can customers find out more about your product? Yeah. So if you can visit our website, www.corefix.com, um, we're really active on LinkedIn. You can reach me, Sean Watts, on LinkedIn, and we also have a LinkedIn page as well. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sean. So now we're on to our next presenter, Laurencia Surigliano. Red Coach is a really great idea. And she brings her knowledge of how these things work in Argentina and she's bringing it, introducing it to the States kind of, I'm going to let you explain what it is. Red Coach started back from my idea that we have from Argentina. This is a family business. We've been running luxury transportation, Argentina or city buses as well for 50 years. And we came to the States on vacation and we saw that there were a lot of people driving from Miami to Orlando on that boring I-95 and Turnpike going to Disney or to Tampa or anywhere in the state. And we thought, why are they not using like a bus option as we do in Argentina? Uh, we travel all over the country by bus, by motor coach actually. So the options here were other companies that have been established for many, many years like Greyhound. And for people in America, bus travel 
has a specific mindset. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it has a connotation and it's related with uh, kind of like the last option. I mean, like if you watch a movie, uh, you can see people or kids running away and getting on a greyhound or getting out of jail. <laughs> and <getting on> a <laughs> so that's kind of like the mindset that when people think about bus travel. So what we thought is, why don't we change the way people think about bus travel and revolutionize the kind of the industry? Why being stuck behind the wheel of your car and drive for four boring hours without being able to be productive or going through TSA and all the hassle that has to do with going through an airport today at this time, it's even worse because with all the delays and the baggage and everything that's going on in that industry So we thought it was going to be a good opportunity, but how do you get Americans out of their cars, the comfort of the cars when you're used to, you know, you're handling your time, you have your music, your AC, and everything is very comfortable. So we, we knew that it could be done with the bus. So what we did was we purchased the buses here and we tailor made them. So we removed all the seats. There are 56 seats and we brought leather reclining bed style seats from Argentina. So we customized the seats. We put the Wi-Fi, power outlets. Actually, the seat could be kind of like a bed, bed style. So you can sleep on the bus. And so people at the beginning were super reluctant about the idea because, again, it was hard for us to explain the concept. Because when we would say 27 seats, they think it was a smaller vehicle. They thought it's going to be a charter bus. And this is the line run. You have daily departures every single day as you can have on an airline and you travel all over the the state. Now we're in Texas as well. We started in, in Florida 12 years ago. So the way we start growing actually was word of mouth. So when people get on the bus and they have a relative and they will tell the story, it happened to me many, many times when I was on the bus, I would hear someone else say that they are on the bus and you can tell how the other person over the phone was like, what the hell are you doing on a bus? No, no, but this is a different bus. This is not your typical bus. It's different. You have to try it. And that's how we, we kind of grew. Sign me up for that because <laughs> I'll tell you, usually I'm the one who's driving, yes. right? And my parents passengers get to relax and yes, play with the buttons and change the radio a oh. lot, you know, so <laughs> I, I would really like to have my own radio station to listen to. But in any case, that sounds so it's kind great. of like the private jet concept only for buses. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean I the that. seats that recline so you can sleep. Like, yeah. what a great idea. Like, why wasn't that being done 50 years ago? You know, yeah, sort of a first class bus. Do they serve any drinks or anything or any food on the bus? We do have some snacks and beverages in some routes in Texas, but not in general, because sometimes there are some liability issues, like some are going right. to burn. So we're trying to avoid all of that. And actually, people like to, you know, get more substantial food sometimes. So they want to eat and it gets things very complicated so we just keep it more simple another thing that makes us different because that's another big selling point it's okay how long it's gonna take because mindset about bus traveling is okay it's gonna take me forever we're gonna get into every small little towns and our concept is very much similar time that it would take you driving because we do not stop in every single town and we go through the highway so we have stops pick up and drop off in service plazas like West Palm Beach, Fort Pierce. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of stops in airports as well, which gives good connectivity for people trying to make uh, connections. And one of the things that really help us with our business is, okay, we are targeting uh, the middle class that like typically drives. Our customers are not people that would go to another bus company. We are competing with the drivers, with people that get in their cars. So we're trying to get cars out of the road. How does pricing compare to other modes of transportation, you know, to airplane, train? That was one of the biggest thing. And back in 2011, when we were really struggling to get like this, to change this mindset and people actually to try. One of the things that helped us the most when there was a big gas race, prices went uh, from, I remember, yeah, this is like, it's very ancient, $2.30 in right. Florida, that's like another life to I was like 320 now it's five dollars so people start looking for more options so we always been very conscious about how much it will cost you to drive your own car 
versus getting on a red coach and I'm flying. So we have uh, dynamic prices as airlines do. So what we want to do with that is give people options to, if they book in advance, get a better rate. 300 miles trip from Miami to Orlando, it could be from $25 up to $50 or $60. So that's kind of like the price point. And honestly, with the gas price today, it's cheaper than driving. Also, college universities are a big part of our business as well, because now parents, they don't have to drive their kids. They can feel safe on a red coach because we have like GPS tracking. You can know exactly where the bus is. You have cameras on board. So we have a monitoring system, like there's people watching the bus and the routes 24-7. It gives a lot of peace of mind for parents. So college towns are important as well. To see uh, here in Florida, we do have a lot of universities and a lot of people that use that. But mostly we look at the concentration of the population. So Florencia, how are you advertising this? We do have a website, which is redcoachusa.com and all our media, like social media handles are at redcoachusa. But honestly, the best way that we get promoted is our customers. Uh, 65% is worth of mouth. So actually people referring That's one of the biggest ones. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for this segment, but thank you for joining us, Florencia. How can people find you again? RedCoachUSA.com or on social media, same RedCoachUSA. And can people book tickets right on your website? Yes, they can book it on the website. It's very simple and you can just go from there as an airline. Sounds great. Well, you're listening to Passage to Profit, everyone, with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be right back after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearheartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. And our special guest, Joel Solomon prosperity coach. And we are to the point in our show where we do something a little fun and personal. We ask everybody the same question. So today's question is, what is the favorite thing that you have bought lately? So Joel, you're on. Well, I just bought this new mic. Guys can't see it. It's a a blue Yeti. Um, It works really well. and, And people tell me my sound is much better. So that's the most recent purchase that works well. Well, that's a good purchase. That's, that's a specially good purchase for a radio program. So thank yes. you very much. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Yeah, I think for me, it's like super simple. I got my son a basketball net for his birthday. And now we're out in the driveway playing basketball all the time. Um, so it's it's been great. You know, he couldn't even, he's nine. He couldn't even get the ball to hit the rim. And now he can drain shots from anywhere, right? So it's just been pretty cool to have a quick thing that we can slip out of the kitchen, play 10 minutes of basketball in the driveway, and and we're done. That's really neat. Definitely a family-oriented gift. Yeah. What about you, Florencia? Well, I just bought a plane ticket. 
someone in the travel industry, uh, plane ticket, I'm going to Argentina. I'm going home for some vacations. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Well, oh boy, uh, these, my, my purchases are so minor. I, you know, like I, I can't even like think, I mean, like I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, but it's like little junky stuff. So like recently I got like a new USB switch for my computer, which <laughs> is, I mean, it's not nearly as dramatic as any of the other gifts, but I really need it. Right. Because I've got like so many different things to plug into my computer. I think I'm going to go with USB switch. Okay. Well, for me, if you've been listening to this show, you know me. Anyway, we got a kitten and I did have to buy it. I had to pay. It was through a shelter. So of course you have to pay. And then I had to pay a transport fee. So he came up I from knew you were going to work the kitten you know thing into the this kitten. program somehow. Yeah. Okay. So he, we've had him a month now and he started out just this little, much smaller and stories. starving and half dead little thing. And now he has a nickname, the devil, because he's always you didn't consult me on that <laughs> he's always in everybody's business and the other cats can't stand him well, you got like... to name him and the nickname too yeah his name is max at least but... we talked about his real name I call and, him... you, and you didn't even consult me on the nickname I'm... i call him my little devil sometimes because he's, he loves to cause trouble but he's so much fun i, I do it lovingly listeners you're going to hear a cat story <laughs> <laughs> every show going forward for a long time so well uh, maybe not every show many anyway, shows let's move on if you missed the show or any part of the show there were some really great companies on here and joel was amazing our podcast is out tomorrow on all your favorite podcast sites you can see us on youtube and it's really worth taking a listen if you didn't hear what went on today. So we had Joel Solomon, Prosperity Coach, Solomore.com, S-A-L-A-U-R-M-O-R. -A -A so first two letters of his last name and then part of his daughter's names, Lauren and Morgan. So Solomore. And he's got a group that can help you find more prosperity in your life and change your mindset. And it was pretty amazing talking to him. Who can argue with prosperity? It's a great thing. So, well, um, you know what? The days are going to go by, whether you try to find more prosperity or not. So why not, do why not find more prosperity? <laughs> right. And then we had Sean Watts, corefix.com, C-O-R-F-I-X.com. And he is reaching out to construction companies to help them manage their paperwork and all the regulations and everything with his software program. And it's really important. I mean, you think about those buildings that collapsed in Florida, right? Right. And you definitely need you to get need, the safety stuff done. Yeah. You need to have all everything. And set. I mean, he is a total unicorn too. I mean, rapid yeah. growth. I mean, that's just amazing. We're very excited for him in his future. And then we had Florencia Cerigliano with Red Coach. So kind of the private jet of bus travel. And she does it small and locally, a few hours ride, but really comfy coaches and kind of what everybody wants now. And, and so they don't have to take a plane, way less expensive than an Uber or a taxi or something like that. So it's redcoachusa.com. Yeah. And it, it falls into the, why didn't somebody think of this sooner category? It's sort of like theaters when they were, had these like small, hard seats and they took the small, hard seats of the bus and replaced them with big comfy chairs, right? That lean Recliners, back. you could sleep Recliners. on the bus, yeah. I mean, it's like, why, why didn't <laughs> Well, they somebody... did in Argentina. They just had, she well, brought it here. So, but yeah, it's in Texas and Florida right now. So if you live in one of those states, you should look for redcoachusa.com and book your ticket online. It's as easy as that. So we need to sign off now, but we'll return to the station next week with another episode of Passage to Profit. Uh, before we go, I'd like to thank the Passage to Profit team, Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program director, and Mark Wilson, our syndication manager. Our podcast can be found anywhere where you find podcasts. Just look for the Passage to Profit show. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, while the information provided during this program is believed to be correct, never take a legal step without first checking with your legal professional. And that's it for now. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>